This is Vermont Unions on Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. I'm Joe Bergeron, President of the Association, and with me is Scott Wilson, CEO of CECOM Federal Credit Union based in Messina, New York. CECOM is the newest associate member of our association, and last year expanded its field of membership across upstate New York and into the northeastern part of Vermont. Thanks for joining us, Scott. It's my pleasure, Joe. Uh, obviously, that uh, it's a beautiful day here in Colchester. <laughs> well, thank you for spending your beautiful day inside here in this dark little room that we've we've got. Build a membership uh, across upstate New York from Messina and across the lake into northwestern Vermont. And so we thought it'd be um, an opportune time, as long as you're here, to uh, help people learn a little bit about CECOM, Federal Credit Union, about you. Uh, and who our new financial institution neighbor in Vermont is. So well, what can you tell us about CECOM to kind of set the, the beginning? Well, I always think it's good to start from where we began. Obviously, uh, CECOM, uh, which now what, what people ask us, uh, what does CECOM mean? Right. We, we live on the seaway and community chartered. So we once were, in 1963 when we were chartered, uh, we were General Motors, uh, then Central Foundry Credit Union, oh. and uh, over time, a number of other credit unions uh, came in, uh, the New York Power Authority, uh, there was a, a postal uh, credit union, and so it uh, was changed to uh, really accommodate the fact as we were Seaway Community Credit Union, just shortened it up to CECOM. Cool. I, I always love to talk about where we began. We, we obviously still have, uh, I think it's important, a board member who's been with us for 55 years. Wow. Um, and I, I talk about Gary because Gary is the beacon of where we came from and why we should still focus on the right things that uh, we were uh, chartered for. So uh, obviously that these folks got together and started this credit union uh, from a toolbox. Uh, the union folks and really it was about taking care of each other um, the the banks weren't doing the things they needed they were they needed to borrow small small amounts of money and were just not big enough so uh, they decided to fo form this cooperative and, and become a credit union and Gary always talked about those early days and it really wasn't about um, you know a big balance sheet or lots of buildings it really was just to take care of each other. And although CECOM has grown over the years, we really take that seriously. In fact, um, we still make small loans to people um, and our members. And really, it isn't about um, so much making money on it, is to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do. And, you know, I always like to talk to my staff about you know the, the credit union act and what does that mean you know we have to be there for people because if we're not as a credit union then who else is going to take care of them mm -hmm. um, and much of those are our family friends and neighbors if you're you know in any community and I think it's an awesome responsibility so um, our, our roots have come from that and we have not lost sight of what our mission is intended for so uh, what are the, some of the basics about CECOM, like uh, you know, number of locations, assets, employees, so on and so forth? So we have six current locations. Uh, we're located in um, St. Lawrence and Franklin and Clinton County uh, today. Um, our main headquarters is uh, in Messina, New York. And we have branch offices in Potsdam, Canton, Augensburg, Malone, and Plattsburgh. Wow. 
and we are just over $550 million in assets um, and around 140 plus employees uh, full time. So what brought about the uh, interest in expanding uh, your field of membership expansion across upstate New York and eventually across the lake into Vermont? Well, Joe, the, the reality for us is that St. Lawrence County has been a pretty flat economy for us for a number of years. In, in 2008, uh, at the height of the, at the beginning of the crisis, uh, General Motors made a decision to close our plant in Messina. Obviously that's where our roots began and that was a big change for us. Uh, and subsequently uh, Alcoa uh, purchased Reynolds Metals and uh, obviously uh, closed the smelter there and now we have around 600 employees between Alcoa and Arconic. Uh, a couple of years ago Alcoa split their company and now we have two two plants in Messina and um, we're, we were really concerned and my board uh, understood the fact is is that we couldn't continue to focus just on one particular area and, and we needed to diversify ourselves. So uh, the first expansion went into Clinton County. Obviously uh, Plattsburgh and the great the greater uh, surrounding areas have done a really good job of putting in uh, manufacturing, small manufacturing and focused on education and health care and we felt that that was a good move for us. Um, but again, continuing to diversify ourselves, we felt long term, we have to look at how are we going to be sustainable for the next 50 or 100 years. And if we depend on a market like St. Lawrence County that has a shrinking population, uh, that's not good for the long term. Mm -hmm. And we've done really well there and we'll still continue to focus on, on our communities in those markets. Uh, moving uh, into Vermont really was twofold. First of all, we think that there's a lot of positive and great things that are happening in the state. In addition, is that we feel that we are better suited as a small rural credit union uh, in, mar in a market like Vermont and felt that we could be competitive against, against our uh, local banks that uh, uh, we focus in on uh, today in our current markets. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so what's the, the change you've seen over the years? It, what, I didn't catch or maybe I, I didn't perceive in, in your comments at what point your credit union went to more of like a community kind of based field of membership. Was that way, way? Yes, way far back. back. Yeah, mm -hmm. way back. Okay. So, so it's been focused on uh, the general population since then. So you've expanded that, that footprint. And, you know, some credit unions um, – you know, try to focus their service on, in a particular path, sort of. Maybe they're very technology-oriented. Maybe they're very, uh, you know, remote-focused and whatnot. Uh, others, you know, want to have their focus on personal service over the counter or, um, you know, a particular type of lending and whatnot. So, so where does Ccom fall in that that range? What's its its like? image in the marketplace as far as service? Well, first of all, I, I think it's important for us as CECOM to look at, we need to continue to be relevant to our current membership and future membership. Of course. So therefore, you know, we, we never know what that's going to be because it always changes. Technology has obviously done that, Joan. Right. So we have to be, uh, you know, aware that our members and current current members, but also our future members want certain ways to be delivered service, whether it be electronic or in branch, um, use of our call center, wherever that is, we really focus on making sure we make those available. So we've spent a lot of money and resources in putting into technology, whether it's mobile, 
um, or even in, in the branches with electronic services that uh, speed up efficiencies um, and help members get in and get out quicker. And uh, obviously the, the service aspect is not only on in the branch and when you walk in, it's also the technology, making sure our technology is available and is secure and all of those things that are important to people. So we, we focus on service as far as not just, um, hello, how are you today? What can we do for you? But making sure that they have access to us 24 seven and can rely on us. So, um you talked for a bit about uh, your board member that's been with you for a very long time, it, it sounds like, and has um, connections back to the, the roots of the credit union. But what about you? How did you get involved with CECOM, and, and what's your background? So uh, I come from a little bit different uh, way of getting into the seat. Um, I started as a volunteer. Um, I actually served fi five years as a supervisory committee member oh. on the, uh, and uh, then uh, I actually ran for a board seat after the five years and uh, was elected. Um, the first election we have ever held, by the way. Um, so, so wait, how did that work? How, how did you have a board before you had elections? Well, we had a board, but the, the, there was a contested seat, and that hadn't happened in the in the past. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I, I ran for a board seat and won. And uh, the first year, um, I was pretty active as a board member. And then I was asked by the board to be their chair. And I chaired the board for the next three years. And uh, we, we had some, uh, some transition in the, in the C-suite. And um, actually, interesting enough that our regulator, my principal examiner at the time, we were going through some things. Um, said, you know, have you ever considered putting your your name name in for maybe potentially the new CEO? And I'm like, no, nah, I never gave that any consideration. And so after I gave some thought to it, I thought, gee, I, I could do this. And uh, so in 2007, uh, I became CEO of CECOM. Wow, that's interesting. And we've had a great uh, trajectory of growth. Uh, obviously, like most credit unions, we, yeah. we, we feel that if we take care of the people and do the right thing every day that things are going to go well for us mm -hmm. um, we we have also we focus on our employees employees are the most important people in my in my credit union I, I'm not Joe honestly I I really feel that if it weren't for my employees I wouldn't be here where I am today and um, we've been very proud that we've been for nine consecutive years a, a, a mid-size uh, best companies to work for in New York right um, and I truly believe that it, we, we're in the, in the people business uh, and not in the financial services business. And if we do the right thing for our people, whether it's staff or members or community, um, there only could be great things ahead for credit unions. Well, so your staff is that, um, you know, first image that your members get, or at least the members that are dealing with you in person anyway. So, so that brings up another point, uh, and I ask this of credit union CEOs, your peers, frequently. So how is it, you've been doing this for 15 years, you said? 12, 12 years as CEO. 12 years as CEO, okay. Um, but, but on the board before that, mm -hmm. so you had ex exposure to, to this question before that too. So how have you seen things change for a credit union like yours at your credit union size, dealing with the general public a lot, since 12 or 15 years ago? Um, you know, credit unions have prided themselves for eons on, you know, personal service and so on and so forth. Yet today, you know, to accommodate a lot of consumers, 
you have to have the conveniences of doing everything uh, on a phone or on a computer screen or an ATM machine or something like that. So how have you balanced or how do you see it's different today than it was, say, 12 or 15 years ago in terms of meeting both ends of those uh, types of members that want the in-person connection but balanced against those that hardly ever go in a, in a branch? It's a great question. Um, I, I've been, been privileged to be on two uh, panel discussions with the Federal Home Loan Bank of New York uh, mm -hmm. in our association in New York mm -hmm. at their annual conference. And the title was, It's Not Business as Usual. Um, and it's still not business as usual as the follow-up 10 years later. And part of that discussion is that we've had to change the way we do business. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, it was a 10-year, pretty much a flat uh, interest rate um, economy. Um, a lot of money came into the credit unions, obviously flight to safety during, during that time. Um, and so we had to make sure that we're doing uh, the best we can um, to uh, obviously earn money in order to put it into things like technology, as you mentioned, and into branches. Um, we, we understand that we have a, a current membership base and future members that will obviously still want to come into a branch for a variety of reasons. Um, but they want to know that when they have a problem, they have somebody local to deal with. The technology side is a little bit different because you, you think about uh, when I came on in 2007, uh, Check 21 uh, was just coming coming mm -hmm. on board. So we you know, remember everybody's Federal Expressing or the they'd send send it through a courier to have them ship the Fed all your right. checks. And we were doing about a million checks a year. Um, and we were much smaller then. And we do about 600,000 checks today. But our mobile platform has picked up a significant portion of that sure. where uh, where people can just uh, take a picture of their phone uh, from their phone or uh, and, and deposit a check. The the member today wants it all, okay. and they want it yesterday, not tomorrow. So we have to figure out how do we do that. And you know, we used to be uh, you know credit unions were open from I don't know eight to five and a little bit on Saturday maybe, but really we've had to focus on a 24/7 operation to make sure that our technology is reliable and has redundancy and it's not just the the mobile or the ATMs it's the debit and credit card side mm -hmm. um, we we've had to uh, obviously like other financial institutions have had to make sure that um, our members data is safe and had have had to put a lot of money and resources into risk management and compliance and IT which are direct costs so um, we've had to balance all that stuff and I, I love this question I get from members every so often you know I remember when I could come in the credit union and get a mortgage and I could have it the next day <laughs> you know we've had to evolve as a, as a credit union based on regulation for example so it's all of those things Joe that we've had to pay attention to it's not one particular piece it's all of it and I don't think that there will ever be a a place where you won't have an in-branch uh, experience. The branches have shrunk over the years. I have branches that are 4,500 square feet and they've shrunk to 3,500. Mm -hmm. And we just don't need that space on the transactional portion. But we still have members that like to come in and talk to a mortgage representative or maybe a, a personal financial advisor. So those types of services are more uh, what they're coming in for today. 
And obviously going online and applying for loans uh, is, is as easy as it was when you came into a branch. All the stuff is uh, impacting us. It's just different now. It is. Yeah. So you mentioned about regulation and with all of that modernization and more technology and everything comes more regulation or greater regulation to cover all the bases of safety and soundness for consumers and their finances and whatnot. So uh, it seems like a lot of your peers um, are of the belief that regulation has been the undoing of some credit unions, uh, been at the root of some of the consolidation in the credit industry. Would you agree with that? I can't speak for individual credit unions and how they've had to focus. I have a different view with our regulator, the NCUA. Um, I look at it as a partnership and they have a, a responsibility of ensuring that uh, the members, our members' assets are taken care of. And so we've worked with them very diligently over the last, since I've been there in 2007, to ensure that we have a very positive uh, interaction. Mm. That doesn't always mean that we agree with everything that they want, um, but they're more open to discussion, I think, in the last five years than they were 10 years ago. And the flexibility of some of the of the of the uh, the exam priorities that have come in, um, I was fortunate uh, while I was at the governmental affairs conference in Washington to go down to NCUA headquarters and meet with our new eastern director, mm -hmm. re eastern regional director, and she was very clear. You know, they have they they have responsibility, but they want to work with us. Now, when you're a smaller credit union, your priorities are different as well, and so I could never uh, speak to what those are. Um, so I only focus on what's good for my membership and how, how it's going to impact them. Um, so if you were, um, well, you're a New York State credit union. So if a Vermont credit union um, was having this conversation with my counterpart in New York State, and they had just expanded their field of membership into your neck of the woods in uh, New York State, um, what's something that you'd want to know about that Vermont credit union that, um, that that you wouldn't know by looking online or, or already that we covered in this podcast? Well, uh, I want to qualify this <laughs> for one reason. Um, my focus and CECOM's focus is really on, our, on the banking competition we've had. We've always uh, been that way. Um, and I don't really worry about what other credit unions are doing. Um, I feel if my strategy is right and our service experience and all of those things that are important to our members we're going to do a really good job. What I do want to make sure is that if a credit union comes uh, into New York or like us coming here, are we doing what's right as a credit union? Mm -hmm. Are we taking care of the member? Are we taking care of the community? And that's really important to me. Um, this is one of the best industries to be in because you can sit in a room, um, which we did at the Governmental Affairs with 200 CEOs of other credit unions and really just talk about stuff. Um, in New York, we have uh, a large credit union CEO roundtable. Mm -hmm. We get together twice a year. Some of, my, some of my best friends are credit union CEOs. And we can be, uh, in fact, I have competitors. We ride together to these things and we ride back. And it just works. So uh, as long as that they're coming over there and they're going to do the right thing for in our communities, th then it's okay for me. Awesome. So you mentioned to me before we started recording this that you have some good friends in the banking industry too, that uh, you know some CEOs of some community banks that you have a I don't know if I'd say similar rapport, but you know certainly amicable and, and friendly. 
Yeah, uh, one is a regional director, uh, regional manager for MBT, and uh, he'll call me up every so often to ask me, you know, what's your what's your closing policy when we have a snowstorm? Uh-huh. You know, he's just a, a just a local guy who happens to work for another financial institution. Sure. Um, I've had uh, um, you know other C- CEOs of some some community banks that I've had some really good relationships with. Um, I, I was uh, was blessed to get an award last year, and one of the one of the savings banks sent me a nice thing. You're, you're well deserved. You do a great job in the community and for your credit union. And I, I just think that's important. We're not enemies. Um, although I want to take their business on the banking side because I think that we'll do a better job improving the lives of uh, and financial lives of those those customers and ultimately our members. And perhaps they want to take your business too. I'm <laughs> certain of that, mutual. Joe. <laughs> sure. Um, so we've we've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. I, you know, I hope people listening to this have a a better uh, feel for what CECOM Federal Credit Union is all about and and uh, a little bit of your background. Uh, is there anything that we ought to touch on that we haven't gotten into yet? I just think that we have a, an awesome responsibility in our industry. We have a very small market share, as you know, right. uh, Joe, we talked about previously. Um, but there there is so much good that happens by credit unions. And if you just get online and look at Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook, it's um, it's 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 just awesome, and I think that as long as that we are still around. And by the way, you know, uh, one of the things that is is, is uh, really bothers me over the years is the reduction of credit unions in the country. Mm-hmm. When I came in in 2007, there was around 8,300 credit unions. Mm-hmm. Today, around 5,500. Right. In 12 years, that's a big reduction. I, I realize that you know the same thing has hap- happened on the banking side. But every time a credit union closes, it's one less opportunity for um, one of our family, friends, or neighbors to get the, you know, the best financial services by, by still making decisions on character. Uh, I, I still believe in a handshake, and I think that those things are, 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 are going away and credit unions still believe in that, and as long as we do, uh, we have we have a place in, in the financial service industry. It's interesting, uh, like you said, how the number of credit unions, um, and it's not just credit unions, like you said, obviously a lot of different industries, but for us in credit unions, the number of credit unions has, has reduced dramatically, um, um, yet the number of credit union members increases uh, from one year over the next. Uh, I don't know if I'd say dramatically, but, but a steady increase. Uh, and yet market share, like you pointed out, doesn't really move too much. Maybe for a local credit union, but on a national scale, it, do- it doesn't move hardly at all. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, that, that trend, uh, you know, CUNA, uh, our National Trade Association, has opened your eyes to a credit union. Right. And, and, and it was interesting to hear them from that perspective is that, you know, uh, they know about us, but they're not taking that next step. Right. And I do think it depends on the market. Locally, you have a little more impact, but nationally, we seem never to gain any more of that market share. And it's something to strive for. And it isn't about how, how big of asset base we have or how many members. It's about one at a time making sure we're doing the right thing for them. 
We've been very generous with your time here, Scott. Really appreciate it. And I hope all of our listeners listening to this, um, you know, have a better feel for Seacom uh, Federal Credit Union as it comes into the Vermont marketplace and you. And feel free to reach out and contact you and, and you them in reverse, too. Seacom, uh, I'm guessing, has a, a website? Yep, www.seacom.org. You can also follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Wow, great. You're, you're really with the times. <laughs> with that, we've reached the end of another Vermont Credit Unions on Air podcast and hope you all found it informative. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Credit Unions on Air in the iTunes store or at soundcloud.com. If you have ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at vermontcreditunions with an S dot co-op. Until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeron and... Scott Wilson, and thank you very much, Joe, for this opportunity. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. You've been very generous with your time. We're at the Association of Vermont Credit Unions thanking you all for listening.